All right, well, welcome everybody to another episode of EM Over Easy. Joined here around the table with Drew, my co-host. Good morning. We have two great guests today. We're here recording at ASAP 2019 with Lois Swisher, Reformed Night Doc, now Twilight Doc yep. um, in Philadelphia, PA, and Ali Alvarez, core faculty member at Stanford from Palo Alto, California. Thanks so much for coming on. We're so glad to be here. This is my third time here, and the very first time was a year ago where we talked about suicide. And suicide prevention for physicians is one of my passions. And this year was our second National Physician Suicide Awareness Day. And I think it's getting more attention, but really we need to start further upstream. Suicide isn't where it starts. And so the second time we talked, we talked about shame and how that it plays in medicine. And shame comes from judgment a lot of times. You feel like you're not enough. And I think that this time we should start on overcoming self-judgment. And for me, I've had a lot of self-judgment with my daughter, with her being sick, with being a doctor and a mother, and how I didn't recognize what was happening to her and was inconsolable that either I was bad at being a mother and a doctor, or if that wasn't the problem, then how could I ever be a good doctor if I couldn't tell brain tumors were in people's heads? And so that ate at me. And I thought this would be a good place to start about self-judgment. And the person who helped me with this is Dr. Ali Alvarez, who knows a lot about judgment and how to overcome it. I think that's a lot. And thank you. I think of all the titles or accolades that I've gotten, uh, knowing a lot about judgment is a, it's a tough one. Because in part, we as physicians have had to overcome a lot to become doctors. Getting into medical school is one of the toughest things for us. Uh, we had to constantly focus on becoming the best in our class. A students always had to get honors in whatever we had to do. And all of a sudden, when you get to residency, there's not a lot of grades, actually, that we have to worry about especially after becoming a physician, unfortunately, that drive to become perfect all the time uh, no longer sustains us. Kristen Neff talks a lot about this with regards to motivations, uh, specifically motivations for fear, fear of failing, fear of not belonging, fear of uh, making mistakes. And as physicians, we definitely make a lot of mistakes. Uh, it's part of us being humans as well. And we don't really accept that. There are systems in place that make it very tough for us. Uh, litigation or even peer review M&Ms. And there's a big concept of shame that uh, you've alluded to. And I think overcoming that and being kind to ourselves uh, ourselves is very important. We talk a lot in medicine, particularly emergency medicine, about the concept of imposter syndrome, mm. which I think plays into this a little bit, but I get the sense that self-judgment, and I think I like self-judgment as a much bigger, broader term, is more than imposter syndrome. So I think people aren't familiar with the concept of imposter syndrome, but where does self-judgment really expand upon that? And what all does that encompass when you're saying it? I believe it boils down to the concept of shame. When you make a mistake, uh, you either don't even recognize you're making a mistake, but once you realize that, um, you start judging yourself, you start being critical of yourself. I should have done this better. I should have been a better doctor, I should have been a better husband or wife, I should have been shoulda, coulda, woulda, which is not really helpful at that time. Bringing it back to the idea of self-kindness, the concept of self-compassion comes in. Uh, Kristen Neff talks about three different things that place in self-compassion. First, you have to be kind to yourself. In order for you to move on, you have to understand that we deserve the same kindness that uh, we give to our best friends or our loved ones. The next thing is this idea of common humanity, 
that we're not alone in this idea of making a mistake or failures and that everybody is actually suffering. And if we know that, if we can understand that we belong to this big group of people that are not perfect, then we can be a lot kinder to ourselves. And the third part of it is the concept of mindfulness. And this is not the yoga or meditation that you really need to do. It's simply being aware of our imperfections and being aware of that and being able to say like, oof, I'm being tough on myself again. The more you realize that, the more you can actually overcome it by switching your thought process. And there's different kinds of positive psychology that you can do. But again, I think going back to your point, this starts off with this concept of self-judgment from the idea of shame. Yeah, that was really hard for me. And I started my judgment really early. I guess we probably all did. So when I was in high school, I didn't like the grading system. I felt that if you didn't know 90% of the material, that was a failure. You should be able to know that much. And to get into college, get into medical school, you had to be at the top. So I redid the grading system for me. 97 to 100 was an A. Um, 94 to 96 was a B. 91 to 93 was a C. And anything in the 90 or below was failing. And I would have failed I'm getting that out of high school. Hearing all of that. <laughs> yeah, and, and medical school too. Yes, but and, and I did a lot of failing too. Yeah. But I felt it was important to keep that bar high, to be that self-critic. And if you were critical of yourself, then it was less hard to get hurt by somebody else. And that would be your drive. And if you always kept that standard high, maybe higher than everybody else, you could do better than everybody else. And then as it went along, I continued to to keep that. And in, when other people would say, oh, gee, that you shouldn't do that to yourself, then I just internalized it. I didn't share it with everybody, and I just kept it to myself. And that judgment came more and more as things went along. Then when my daughter got sick and I felt that it was my fault, people would say, you can't say that. Well, clearly I felt that way. And I would tell myself that it was my fault and there was no forgiveness, no compassion, no mercy, no grace. I think your situation and thinking of the three steps that Ali brought in, I think all of us can agree that we need to love ourselves. We get stuck in part two where it's the idea that we struggle with admitting that we're wounded and that we're imperfect. And in doing so, sometimes we wound other people and push people farther away. Mm-hmm. And that just starts the circle of, well, I pushed them away, so that means it's my fault. And like you get stuck in this rut of uh, yeah. over yeah. the course Const- of your current this constant turnover where it's my fault, it's my fault, where really it's just you're hurting. And I'm you need to vocalize that you're hurting and be okay that other people are hurting too and kind of work out together. I'm not sure everybody feels like they should be kind to themselves because we're oftentimes much kinder to other people when they think they've made a mistake or they had, say, at work, a tough intubation and they think, oh, I should have had the bougie or I should have had this set up and I'm a bad doctor for not doing it. It's like, no, it was a sudden situation. You had what you had at the time. You did the best that you could and you give everybody else some latitude, but not yourself. I think that goes back to the idea of self-kindness that when we talk about self-kindness, people kind of are repulsed by that because I, I've been doing well all this time and I got here because I was actually very tough on myself and I was such a, a critic. And all of a sudden you're telling me to be kind to myself. Reframing that into thinking of yourself as your best friend or as your loved one, you're more likely to actually impart that sense of kindness. 
so if you don't want to call it self-kindness, call it whatever else. But at the end of the day, I think the most important part is for you to extend the same kindness to yourself that you would normally have done to your best friend. I think that's the constant theme here. My previous life was I was a system medical director at a very busy county hospital, and I was in charge of quality and operations. And with that, I was very tough on the rigors of making sure that we're always efficient and we're always uh, not making mistakes. But it's, it's inevitable. I made mistakes a lot, and I actually learned that by doing quality work. And I saw how people was burning out because of that. Uh, and that's how I got started into this idea of, huh, there must be something that we're doing wrong when in as much as we try to be as perfect as physicians, we just can't attain that. And in turn, we're losing people. Uh, and I think that's why it's very important to now um, re refocus our energy to be kind to ourselves and figuring out what we need to do to be able to move on. Self-kindness or self-compassion doesn't mean that you abandon the mistakes that we do. We will make mistakes as doctors. And, and each and every one of us listening here right now have had that experience. You've had a bad outcome. We've made mistakes. We could have done this and that very difficult intubation. I get that. I think that people worry sometimes that if they are self-compassionate, that they're going to be weak and they're just going to make a lot more mistakes. It's actually the opposite. By being kind to yourself, you're more likely to then pause, acknowledge that you're just human, and then be able to focus on, okay, I just tripped. What can I do to get back up and how can I do better? I think that's a, that's a very important aspect of self-compassion that people don't realize. I think you brought up a word that really triggers me, and it's the idea of this perfection. Mm -hmm. And I think we hear that so much in our training, whether it's an undergrad or medical school. And I recently read a book, and in it, it talked about reframing the idea of being perfection. Is nobody really is nobody's perfect, mm -hmm. but everybody can be good. Yeah. And I think that that and that term, using the word, word "good," is I feel as a is a four letter word in medicine. Is that well, you just can't be good; you have to be perfect. And I think yeah. it's the real, real realism is you just need to be good. You need to be good at doing things. You need to be good at seeing people. You need to be good at catching diseases. Being good is enough. As an emergency medicine physician, I'm not really even good at that many things, right? Let's be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm mediocre at best, but it's, it's accepting the fact that I have to be good at a few things. That really was totally a side note. But I love the idea of acknowledging, and it's something else that we talk a lot about recently in medicine is being vulnerable. And admitting that you can be vulnerable. And then when you show vulnerability to your coworkers and those of us who are working with residents too, being vulnerable to your residents, it opens them up to understanding that that's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. And so when my residents have a bad outcome or a bad intubation, a bad central line, one of the first things I do is, hey, it's okay. When I was in your shoes, this is what happened to me too. And I made those mistakes. And oh, by the way, the other day when I was taking care of a patient on my own, I made those mistakes too. And you just see the weight lifted off their shoulder. And to be honest, a weight lifts off my shoulder too, because it's okay for me to admit that I wasn't perfect, that I, I made a mistake and we all moved on. And then you get to grow together, which I think is really a big part of what self-compassion is, is once you find a little bit of compassion in yourself, then you get to grow with the people around you as opposed to operate in a silo. Mm -hmm. I'm sure, Lois, when you were in high school, you never gave anyone else a hard time for getting an 85% on a test. You probably right, applauded yeah, them. Yeah. And yet you held yourself to a completely different standard as opposed to being able to celebrate together in your successes, even if it had to be redefined what success was. Mm -hmm. I think you both brought up a very good point as well. Uh, there's this idea of isolation that happens when you make mistakes. And I think by being vulnerable, you actually open up that dialogue so that you're not alone anymore. It brings back that concept of common humanity that just like me, you're making a mistake. 
and and just like me, you're gonna be able to to move past this. I think the the concept of growth mindset from Carol Dweck is very important. You've mentioned the word like being good is 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 good enough. People talk about perfections, and I think, like you said, it's very unattainable. But we can strive for excellence. There's two different things. I think being perfect and striving for excellence. And it may I may not be uh, as good yet uh, at this particular juncture, or I may not be as good with intubation. I may not be as good with seeing 50 patients all at once. But I think adding the word yet is very important because then it it provides that ability for you to then push yourself forward. Right. And then finding limits. Another aspect of self-compassion is actually creating boundaries. Once you're actually focusing on yourself and, and being able to be kind to yourself, you're going to be able to say no to so many things, because especially in academics, there's just a lot more projects, a lot more opportunities. And in the end, we start cutting corners. We start not sleeping enough or we start uh, skipping lunch or breakfast because we got to do this and that. Being kind to yourself is to be able to say like, okay, I'm happy to do that, but let's start at noon or let's start at nine o'clock. Because the more we then start sacrificing ourselves to be able to reach another level, I think that's how we start continuing this process of being a self-critic. Yeah, I, I agree that boundaries are really important. I'm terrible at that. Me too. I say I have a lot of yes in my life. <laughs> but to be able to take care of yourself and be able to sleep and spend time with your family lets you then recharge yourself and give the best on both sides to yourself, to your family, and also to your profession. So how, if you identify in yourself, what would be your advice to people listening to this podcast, those who recognize that they need to find a little more self-compassion. They need to find more balance in their life and they need to take it a little easier on themselves. What's the first step in that process? Going through this myself, there's a lot of steps to do it, but how do we get started down that pathway? So the work that they've done at the uh, Center for Compassion and Altruism Research at Stanford is that self-compassion is actually one of the toughest things in in the idea of loving kindness. Uh, we are a lot better uh, with taking care of others. That's our job. Uh, as physicians, we are built to provide compassion for others. When people get to the training of self-compassion, there's a lot of hurt that happens because we remember and we realize how tough and critical we are with ourselves. Um, I think it starts with practicing just gentle kindness, refocusing and being grateful with the things that we're able to do reminds us that, hey, we're actually accomplishing a lot. Whenever we start being tough on ourselves and being critical, I think recognizing that, hey, I'm doing it again. It starts off with just normalizing that, hey, we're supposed to be tough on ourselves. That's how we evolve. If we're always just happy and we're always just looking at the positives, then we won't realize that there's snow outside and we're going to slip. We need to be able to be worried to some extent. But I think that you have to balance that with how much hurt we're causing ourselves and how much we're preventing ourselves to actually become so much better because of the limitations we're imposing to ourselves. I agree. I had to start at a different point, though, because I have a really strong, harsh judge. And um, her name's Lois. Yes. About That's five it. foot two. <laughs> Not even that. I'm, I'm taller on uh, podcasts. On podcasts. It's almost so. a self-kindness there. <laughs> <laughs> so in CORD, the ACGME has uh, common program requirements. And one of the things that they require 
now is self-assessment for mental health. And I've looked at a number of those. And given that we've all taken a lot of tests in our life and we want to do well on them, I started with a self-compassion quiz. It's available and free. And the interesting thing about that is that when I went through, I wanted to know what my score was because I have a harsh judge. Because of the 97A, 94A. That's right. Yeah. yeah, you got it. And so then I started looking at it and I'm like, wow, I'm taking the self-compassion test and I'm horrible at this. How do you get better? And with this, there's the three scores that we've talked about. And then when you go back to the questions, it actually starts telling you where you're making those judgments that aren't kind to yourself. And that's where I started in saying, okay, we know that I'm a strong at self-criticism and how to do more self-kindness and work a little bit on that and working a little bit on the humanity side and being connected. And everybody's like this. Like lots of people have left their cell phones in their cabs, apparently, because I did that last night. And now I've found lots of other people who've done it. And I'm not the only idiot that does that. Nope. I think if there's one thing that I wanted to impart to the uh, the audience, it's the idea that when we looked into, when, when WellMD looked into physicians across Stanford, what they found is that physicians who have the lowest self-compassion have the highest burnout. It's a very clear correlation. And the opposite of that is that physicians with the highest self-compassion have the lowest burnout and the highest professional fulfillment. We're not talking about just being happy at work. It's actually just being fulfilled with what we do because what we do is pretty amazing. And unless we're kinder to ourselves, we're going to forget about all the amazing things that we're able to do in emergency medicine. We have amazing jobs. Yeah, really cool. We have to remember it. Well, I can't think of a better place to leave this conversation, the start of this conversation on that note, because it's so true. We have amazing jobs and a lot to look forward to. And we just have to reframe how we think to have that positive outlook and to have that self-wellness. So Lois, Ali, thank you so much for joining us on an Emover Easy episode. Thanks. Lois, you continue to give us the hardest topics, <laughs> but also the most meaningful. And, and we can't thank you for that enough. And I, I think our listeners really appreciate it too. So thank you very much. Look forward to continuing this conversation with both of you. For all you EM over easy listeners out there, thanks so much for checking us out. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, a little bit on Instagram, and our newly improved website and blog, emovereasy.com. Lots coming your way in the new year. Bye.